Hey everybody, welcome back to It's the Little Things Podcast. I am super excited to have Cassie Cooper here with me today. She is one of my friends from Grace, my church I go to, and she is in the process of some really cool stuff. She actually just got done with some really cool stuff, but Cassie, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you got going on? Well, hey, so my name is Cassie, and first, just thank you so much, India. It's been so cool to be your friend, and, like, I just remember, like, one of our first conversations, like, a little over a year ago, being about, like, how the Lord's working in the midst of suffering, and, like, it's been really cool to see how the Lord has brought you to A&M, and, like, I love, like, listening just to the few podcasts I've gotten to listen to. It's been really sweet to see how, like, the Lord's using you through this like in your own like personal life but also through your podcasts and so um but yeah I am super excited to be here it's so fun to get to share with whoever is interested in learning more about what the Lord's been putting on my heart to do and so long story short about like eight nine months ago uh, this past March spring break I was praying to the Lord and all of a sudden the spirit just like really made it known to me um, that God had all these ideas just planting um, in my mind about like this, this book, this hypothetical book. And I was like, that sounds really cool, but, um, I am not a writer. I don't love to read. Uh, that makes no sense to write a book. And so, um, I had a really cool moment with the Lord. Um, but as soon as I left that conversation with Jesus, my flesh hit so hard and was like, no way am I going to do that. I was like, that's way too hard um, to write a book. It's way too hard to um, go through all of that because I don't know what I'm doing. I t- don't know what I'm doing. I'm not qualified. And I'm like, there's plenty of people out there with great books and great YouTubers, great podcasts. I was like, I don't have to contribute to that. Like, I don't even have time to go listen to all the things I want to go listen to and read. And, um, and so I was like, nah, like, that's a cool idea, but like, that's not from the Lord maybe. Um, and so I just put it off and, um, throughout that week in spring break, uh, all these ideas just kept coming to me. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I just kept writing them down, like with a just in case mindset, but I was like, no way am I actually going to write a book. And if I do, it's going to not be anytime soon. And so uh, by the end of the week, it, it came Sunday and at the end of spring break, and it's about time to go back to College Station. I had 8 a.m. the next day to be at. And normally I go to church and then I leave and go back to College Station. But this time, like the Lord was really teaching me that like I need to sit still and like actually listen to him because um, I'm really good about talking God's ear off. But sometimes I don't sit and listen to him. And uh, I just remember like the Lord saying, like, it's not time for you to go back yet. Like, sit with me a little longer. And so I like went to the park and there's a whole other story with that you'll read in the book. But um, I sat with the Lord and brought my agenda before him and was like, here's all the things I want to pray about. Here's like this book that I want to read. And like, here's my bracelet beads. Like, let's have a little uh, hangout, Jesus. Um, And then uh, the Lord completely directed that conversation and that prayer time into no, we're going to talk about the book. Uh, And that day in that hammock at the park, like the Lord made it known that like this was something he wanted me to do. And I knew that I knew that I knew it was from the Lord. And it was like terrifying, but exciting. And also just felt like a super crazy person. Um, Because once again, I was like, why? Why me? And why right now? And so, it, yeah, it, that's where it all began was about eight, nine months ago in spring break. And so um, 
for those that don't know, I guess I'm here to share with you a little bit about what that book is, what it's called. And so from that day in that hammock, the Lord had already given me a lot of direction about this book that I wasn't even on board with doing. And um, so the book is called Now Not Later. And this book is to empower and equip young people to wholeheartedly follow Jesus now, not later. And it's it's a book that is for anyone. Um, but in particular, it's for anyone from like 10 years old to like young adult age. And whether you're all in for Jesus and in love with him and growing close to him every day to someone who's not even a believer, or maybe a skeptic or has been burned by the church or um, is unsure of their faith. And or somewhere in the middle where like you've known Jesus for a long time, but you just have lost that excitement for him. Like the book is for anyone at any place with the Lord. And I'm just really excited for people to read it. And um, I really believe that like my, my my goal was not to be impressive. Like my goal was not to be um, like the most well-written author or um, to be uh, the most knowledgeable or have the best title or the best background, the best resume. Um, I think if the Lord wanted that, he would have called someone else to write this very book. And so I, I've reminded myself, like, you know, praise the Lord when you find a missing comma or praise the Lord when there's like an error um, and grammar in there or like whatever it is. Because it's like, I think that that's going to direct people to look not at me to be perfect, but look at the God who is perfect and direct their praise to him and how he uses unqualified people for his glory. And so the book is just all about empowering young people right where they are, no matter what their age or where they're at and how how much they know of the Bible or don't know, like the Lord has called us to take part in, in growing his kingdom and like loving him more than anything. And so there's nothing that can hold you back from that, whether it's your age or your circumstances or your background or things that have happened to you or things that you've done, like nothing can prevent you from being used by God and really showing people too, like there's a difference between imperfectly wholeheartedly following Jesus and imperfectly half-heartedly following Jesus. You know, like none of us can be perfect in our pursuit, but there's a difference that the Lord can see in our hearts of like, there's a distinguish, like a, a huge distinguishing factor of like, are you like making Jesus your Lord and master? Are you making you and yourself, your own master. And so the book talks about that and like how the Lord talks about wholehearted devotion and how we're called to love him with our whole heart and whole life. And so um, it's really just a book to empower people that they don't have to wait until they're older and they have their life all together or they've made all the mistakes and, and learned from them. Like you don't have to make mistakes and then learn from them. Like you can, you can like read God's word and you can be with community and and learn from others who have gone before you and like you can walk in wholehearted devotion and be used by God in mighty ways starting at 10, 11, 12. Um, and I share my story throughout the book too of falling in love with Jesus starting at 12 years old. And, and that's why I chose 10 as like the, you know, what I tell people 10 years old to like college young adult. I say that because I don't want to limit God. Like if I had to choose a number, I don't want to choose my age that I was when it was like around 12. And so I want to say, you know, like God can call someone even younger. Like it's not about our age. It's about our availability um, to who he is and his love and what he's called us to. And so, um, yeah, I was super stoked. And it's been really exciting because it just came out December 3rd and it's on Amazon. 
And so I had a couple launch events in Plano and then I had one in College Station. And so it's been really sweet to like share it with my friends and with my family and with strangers and like my friends and family coming alongside me and sharing this book with people in their life who like either don't know the Lord or like they don't know exactly where they're at in their relationship with Jesus and they want to encourage them. And so I'm really excited. Yeah, for sure. So like a couple of the things I take from your story, which I think are really cool and things I've been like talking about a lot with people. But um, one story that always reminds me of this is um, at the beginning of Matthew when it's talking about um, Joseph. And and this is not like probably even the best story about immediate obedience that I've heard for sure. Um, But it's one that always blows my mind because he was the husband it or yeah was the husband of mary who became pregnant without ever having sex and then with him (laughs) and or at all and the virgin mary and he in this moment he could have easily run away and said no way this is crazy like this is crazy talk there's no reason for any of that and he didn't and in that moment in time anytime the lord said go do this the in the next verse always says, so he got up. The angel says, go get up and go do this. The next verse says, and he got up. And I highlighted that and I underlined it. And I was like, immediately, like it wasn't like a whole chapter later. And he was like, well, now Joseph decided to go eat a couple meals and think on it. No, it was like, he was told and they did it. Like he did it. Like he got up and he took him and took Mary and he took Jesus and they went and they went places. And so, and the reasoning behind why God was calling him to do these things was for their safety, but also for the kingdom of God, because Jesus was the baby. Like he was the person that they were taking and moving places to avoid harm. And I think that's so major because in that moment, Joseph didn't know what was going on. God was just telling him like, hey, go do this. And Joseph did. But he didn't know that King Herod was trying to kill Jesus. Like all these things were just things that we know now and we don't really look into. But like Joseph didn't have this whole itinerary of like, okay, we're going here because of this. Um, You know, January 15th, we're going to go. We're going to, you know, ride Camelback to Jerusalem. Like, None of that was going on. And so I think that's really cool. And like in your story, if you didn't immediately obey God, there were so many things that you could have missed out on purely just because you weren't immediately obedient. And so that's crazy to me how like timing wise, writing your book ended up working out for you to write it and launch it right before you move away from A&M. And so you were able to make those connections and use your community to push the book out for God's glory. And so I think that that's awesome. And then, um, oh man, there was one other thing I was going to say. Oh yes. The thing you said about not being qualified to write a book. And this is something that people always tell me. They're like, God doesn't call the qualified. Like in no point in the Bible does it say, And Matthew, the tax collector, was really good at doing math. So God had him count all the fish in the loaves of bread. (laughs) He was like, no, like they they didn't call the qualified. They they call people and they make them qualified. And so that's what I love about this story is like you weren't an author. You didn't write books. You didn't read books. You didn't want to read books. It's like 
but he didn't call you and say, you're a great author. Like you have lots of potential. Like he was like, no, you're going to write this book. Like, this is what I want you to do. And it's bigger than you. And you might not see it now. And even now, like you're getting to see how it's moving, but even now you don't know the potential of what the book is doing. And so I think that's so cool. Like you will never know. And sometimes you will never know. Sometimes in 20 years, you'll look back and be like, wow, like I've made so much progress. But then you know, sometimes you may never know. And that's why I think immediate obedience is so important because God doesn't have to tell you his plan. Sometimes he'll reveal the plan to you, but like he does not have to tell you his plan. And I think that's so sweet about your story. Yeah. It's actually funny that you bring that up. Like that is a huge part of this book now, not later in that of immediate obedience. And what's hilarious is like that day in the hammock at the end of spring break, when the Lord was like solidifying that it was him and not me, it wasn't like just my mind wandering. It was like, no, like Cassie, I'm calling you to do this. And I was like, okay, that's, that's crazy. And I was like, I guess I'll get on board. Cause like, I want to be obedient to you. But I was like, but I've already committed to all these ministries and I've already like, you know, I've already um, met my max. And I was learning in that time that like, you can't just keep saying yes to more and more because you're going to spread yourself thin and that's not going to be honoring to the Lord either because you can't honor all those ministries at the same time or, you know, pour in a community and really give of yourself well. And so I was learning how to be balanced in that at that time. And I was like, well, God, what are you trying to tell me? Like contradict that and like just add it onto the list, even though I have no idea what I'm doing and it's going to require a lot of time and effort. And he immediately was like, nah, like, I want you to drop out of this specific ministry and make room to be obedient in this new thing I'm calling you to do. And so, like, immediately, like, I knew, like, I needed to step down from that particular ministry. And it was, like, one of my favorite ones um, that I've been a part of in college. And so it was a little hard. But at the same time, I was, like, so, like, in that moment, like, I just knew that it was the Lord. And I was expectant and excited for this, this new thing he was calling me to do whatever it looked like. And so I texted my superiors like in that hammock, like they were the first people to know, like before I left that moment with the Lord, like I knew that it required a step of obedience and, and uh, stepping down from that ministry. But initially though, when the Lord was like, okay, you're gonna write this book. Like that's like what I was happening in my prayer time in that hammock. I was like, I've already met my max, you know? And I like, I guess I like, God, can I do this later? Like when I'm graduated or you know when I finish out with this ministry that I've already committed to or whatever like I don't like can I wait till later till I have better writing skills or whatever and he was like Cassie like I'm literally calling you to empower young people to obey me and follow me now not later that that applies to you and so it was like one of those laughing moments with Jesus and I was like yeah man like it's right now like you're calling me to do this right now and like just knew that there was urgency even with this book thing and like eight or nine months, um, which when people ask like how long it would take, I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea how long this will take, but I knew. And I told, I remember telling people like, I just know that I'm supposed to do it right now. And like that there's urgency and, and getting it out to people. And, and, and so, yeah, it was definitely like, it was a quick turnaround, but it was like so cool. Like you said, to see how the Lord's been showing up and just the timing of everything. Like, I really believe it's not by accident at all that he called me in, in March and um, got me in a place to listen to him. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's such a whirlwind to look back at that and see. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I think 
one of the things um, you said, it's kind of funny because I'm like a world-class procrastinator and like so good at it. I, I mean, I've perfected it to a T. And somebody was telling me the other day, and I've heard this a lot, but there's like part of me that's like, eh. but um, that like procrastination is a sin. And that was the craziest thing to me because I was like, ah, please tell me that's not true. <laughs> because I was like, I'm so good at it. I'm like, I just would rather be sleeping than do homework sometimes. Like there's just a time. And I think I what I like about what you're saying and like your book and everything is that ultimately you're missing out on so much by procrastinating. Like it's not just like about procrastinating on like a homework assignment. Like the more you say later, the bigger the things become that are you're saying later too. And so like in this situation, this is so much bigger than you and it's so much bigger than me and it's so much bigger than even college station so it's like when you say no to what god is telling you to do and that's why building habits like doing homework on time like i i can't say much about this because i i really do i'm like still procrastinating to this day um but like from what i can tell when you are constantly saying like later and you're saying not right now you are going to start saying later and not now to god and you will. And it will always happen. That's always how it happens. Like when a habit starts so little like that, it always becomes bigger than you think it is. And so for me, that's something that I've picked up on. Like the more I say, no, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to read my Bible later. Like when I am in the right headspace and then it becomes tomorrow. And then I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have read my Bible yesterday. And then I get busy and it becomes like, then you're like, a week without reading your Bible or you're a week without even talking to God. And so it's like when you say you can't like one thing I've heard, and this is more of like a workout advice. Like don't, don't go two days without working out, like work out, but don't miss two days in a row. And that has been, that's so true though, because if you miss two days in a row, you've already started going downhill. Like, because you have already convinced yourself you're okay and pushing it back. So this is the same thing with like devotion or anything. Like when you go two days in a row without doing something, you are willingly choosing to disobey what you know is right. And yeah, but that's like one thing I, I've picked up on a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. Like you were talking about like the word later and like that being in my title, like something I share in the book is about how like I believe like one of Satan's favorite words is later because like I don't think he goes around telling unbelievers or believers like, oh, never follow Jesus. Like he doesn't whisper in Christian's ears like, you know, never go to church, never read your Bible. He's like, read your Bible later, like pray later, trust Jesus later, you know, keep Christ at the center later, like start sharing the gospel later. Like it's always later. It's never like, and like when you look at um, those apps that like the little menu pops up when you have been using it for a while and it says, rate me now or remind me later. And I can tell you, <laughs> I hit remind me later every single time. And still to this day, I have never left them a rating. Yeah. Later it really just means never. It's just disguised as something that seems more innocent. And like, I think that's what the Lord has been teaching me um, just throughout my life. And like, we are quick to say, oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to live wholeheartedly for Jesus later. 
You know, like I'm, I'm going to pursue Jesus a little bit now, but like, I'll be all in when I'm older. I'll be all in, you know, when it comes around camp time and I go to camp, like I, I worked with um middle school girls at Sky Ranch camp two summers ago. And I remember like that being a really cool thing from the Lord because they kind of uh, brought light to some really cool things. And like, as I shared my story, like it was cool to see the reaction of like, then hearing that message of whole heart devotion now, not later, just like not those words verbatim. And like, um, and like I heard a, their stories over and over and over again was like, man, I love being close to Jesus at camp. And like, it's like the best. And like, I just wish I could do that at home. And they're like every year, like, it's like, I'm close to Jesus at camp. Like I can never keep that. And I'm like, but you can but you can like the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And like this great thing you're experiencing is like something you can have all the time. And I think the first thing that comes into their mind, into all of our minds, as soon as like we have this great experience with the Lord, whether it's at camp or church or just a single quiet time, whatever it may look like, I think the enemy comes in immediately and says like, no, like, like you can, you can, you can obey the scripture later or like you, you can give all that you have to Jesus later. Like, oh, you can give your friends, your friendships to Jesus later. You can give your schoolwork to Jesus later. You can, you know, you can change your major later, you know, or whatever he's calling you to do, quit your job or change jobs or, you know, give your time to a podcast, all those things that people are like, oh, I don't, you know, I'll do it later. And I think it robs people of just so much sweet things with the Lord and enriched moments with the Lord. And, um, and something else I share in the book is about how like later may never come. Like we're not guaranteed to have our entire, you know, 80, 90 years of life. Um, and let's say for the most of us, like maybe we'll make it 80, 90 years later will come, but it's going to be a later full of missed opportunities for living what, for what matters most. And, and just like that, that, um, just that sorrow of like, man, I missed out on like, the thing that I was made to do, you know, and, and that of loving God and making him known and sharing that love with others so that they can walk in fulfillment here and now and walk into eternal life later on. And so I, I, um, I think there's a lot of power in that word later and it's, it's, you're right. It's like, it's in the little things in our lives. Like it's, it starts out as small and it can grow and grow. And it's something that we can never graduate from. I think it's something we always need to be aware about in our daily walk with the Lord is like how, what ways am I saying later to God right now? Mm, yeah, there's so many ways that that could be applied. Yeah. One of the things that I've realized a lot is like being like a younger person and always feeling that feeling of like missing out and like like um when you first get into college and you're like, these are the times I'm supposed to be traveling. These are the times I'm supposed to be like, you know, going out and doing all these things. And so it's like, when you're especially in college and I feel this like so crazy that is the easiest time to say later and like even in high school that was the case too I feel like high school and college are huge times where you're just like this is the time like everybody's everybody's part everybody's doing it like everybody's doing it so it's like I can wait till after college and then when I'm out of college I'll you know get into the more like regular scene where nobody's really partying I'll work a nine to five that's when I'll get in touch with Jesus and it's like that's just not what happens and especially if you don't 
start that firm foundation right now, when you get out of college and you are in a new place, a new job where the community isn't as great as you have the opportunity in college, you're going to get hit like a truck. And it is going to be so much harder to get in touch with Jesus when you have no community to support. And I think that was one thing that I learned. I, I actually benefited from being alone because I'm an extrovert and I feed off of everybody else. My relationship with the Lord grew better when I was by myself. But in most cases, that's not the case. And so it's like I for the extroverts out there, y'all probably agree with me. But like um, one thing. Yeah, that's one thing that I've just realized a lot is like it's so easy to say later in college and high school because you're like, well, everybody's doing it. But one thing somebody told me was like, was like, when you get to heaven one day, are you going to look to your left and your right? And are you going to see your best friends in heaven? Like, can you honestly say that your best friend is going to heaven with you? And I was like, no, like I I can't, like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that. And they were like, well, that's why like, it's so important, not only for your own salvation, but like the people around you have gotten in this habit with you. And so it's like if you change and they see the change in you, they are going to want to change for the most part. So it's like that's one thing that if you're somebody that's not super worried about like yourself, like you put others first often, I think thinking in that way instead of saying like, you know, I'm going to heaven. My friends can do whatever they want. It's like. No, like if you truly love and care for your friends, you're going to want them to follow Jesus now, not later. Like just like you want yourself to, like you have to actively choose to change how you're acting and change who you are because your friends and your family deserve the love of Jesus just like you do. Like deserve to know Jesus like you do. And that's one thing I think is really cool. Yeah, that's like a huge heartbeat. And I think that goes hand in hand. Like the more you open up to Jesus. I share this in my book, like the what, why, and how it's a wholehearted devotion. And simultaneously, like as you receive the love of God, like you're naturally going to want to love him more, like authentically, like you're not going to be like, oh, I should love God or I feel obligated to. It's like, no, like when you receive the love and you're like, wow, like this is so good. Like I can't help but to love you in response. And when you love someone, it's not like, oh, I like, I'll make myself do this for you. Like there's a joy that's found in like, I want to, even if it's hard, it's like, there's a joy of like, I want to do this for you because like, I see the the goodness of it and I see the point in it and I know the why behind it. And that's, you know, in that of Jesus, when we like receive the love of Jesus first, it says he first loved us. That's how we know what love is. He is love. He, he first loved us. And that's how we can love it's like, we got to get to know who God is, who is love, you know, and then receive him for yourself before you can ever try to like desire to love him back. And like, you can't really, you can't really share Jesus with people if you haven't first received his love first. And I think it seems super like, well, yeah, duh. But it's like, in what ways are people practically receiving the love of God daily? Because like our sinful nature is to forget and we're prone to wonder. I mean, the Israelites over and over and over again, they saw God move. Like they knew God existed, but did they believe and love and trust him most? And like, I think the only way that we can really, you know, be in a good place of like sharing Jesus now, not later and being wholehearted in that of fulfilling the great commission in which we've been called to is really taking the first step of being like, am I, do I sincerely feel loved by God? 
Because like you can know it all day long, but until you really believe it and it impacts your heart, like you're never going to be moved into action um, to love him back. And in love, there's action. It's not just words. And so you're going to want to share him with people. It's not going to be like, oh, I got to fulfill my, you know, I need to share Jesus with someone this week. Like, it's like, no, like you want to, because it's like you realize the the reality of like, like you said, your best friends. Like I know I have close family in my life that I've been praying for for a decade, like half of my life. I have this journal entry that dates back from like 2012. And um, I've been praying for so long that that the Lord would work in them and save them. And um, before I even knew for for sure, for sure they weren't saved, I could just kind of tell like they didn't, they didn't really receive the love of God, you know, like I didn't, I could tell. And so later on finding out for sure that they hadn't, um, and they don't believe Jesus is God, you know, there was this love and devotion and this, like this, um, this godly grief for that person who I love. And so I think for me, like having that loved one, not experiencing love of Jesus and not believing it for himself who grew up in the church it, but yet sat there as a secret skeptic and never really received the love of Jesus. I think that transformed how I saw everybody. Um, I was like every person I met in school, like starting in when I fell in love with the Lord at 12, like when I met someone, I was like, this is, this could be someone's sibling they've been praying for, for a decade. You know, like the way that I cry out to the Lord for my, my close family member, like is the way that this person is to the Lord, at least nonetheless, whatever family member that desires them to be saved. And, I think that there's definitely a correlation between like, oh, let's like be um, like obedient right now and like with urgency and also like let's be urgent to like receive God every day and receive his love every day so that we can like live from a place of authentic love for others and like sharing God from a place of like Jesus is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And like I just want others to experience him too. And so that that is also a huge heartbeat to like the book is like sharing how at the same time that I fell in love with Jesus and was receiving him for myself, I was like, dude, like I got, I got to tell people about him. Like he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, but yeah, I think it's just really cool to see how that goes hand in hand. Just like as you pursue Jesus and you receive his love, he will in turn call you to the things that he loves and he loves the lost and he desires all to be saved and none to perish. And so I think that that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That was so, so good. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening or watching or whatever you did today. And I hope everybody just has some amazing Christmas time and um, New Year's and all the things. And we'll do, like, a short episode before then. But anyways, I love you guys. Thanks for everything you do for me. And um, be a light for the Lord in everything you do. And be the reason someone smiles today. Bye.